Live from our man caves in Virginia Beach, this is MLS Gone Wild, where Blem and Mike D bring you the latest news, rumors, analytics, predictions, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going, Blem. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of MLS Gone Wild. This is your host, Blem. Listeners, thank you for joining us once again. This week is special. Not only because we have a special guest for you and it's been a week since we've recorded an episode, but for another reason. It's Blake, a.k.a. Blem's birthday this coming Monday. So since we won't record our next episode until after that, I want to start this episode by saying happy early birthday to the co- or to the host of MLS Gone Wild, but more importantly, one of my best friends, even though I hate him sometimes. So happy birthday, Chuck. Man, I appreciate that, Mike. I appreciate that. I actually just got my first birthday gift. My girlfriend's parents came over, brought me a beach chair. We're spending next week, the July 4th week, in the Outer Banks. So I got myself a nice Tommy Bahama chair to, to chill in while I'm sitting beachside. So, so thanks for the shout, Mike T. But guys, what an emotional weekend it was for two MLS fan bases in particular. The Columbus crew played their final match in Historic Crew Stadium while Austin FC played their inaugural match in Q2. What better way to say goodbye and hello to those stadiums than to have on a guest that has played in both of them? Our guest on this week's episode is MLS Cup champion, Columbus Crew midfielder on loan at Austin FC, and son of the U.S. Men's National Team head coach, Sebastian Berhalter. Sebastian, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, you know. Uh, life is good right now. Just playing soccer. I'm doing well. Good, man. Loving what you do, doing what you love. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Sebastian. So before we get into the heavy stuff, we have a few fan questions. First up is from your good buddy and teammate, the Crew Academy, and first team, Aiden Morris. So, <laughs> we know you play video games. You know, I've listened to a couple other pods and, and heard that you play video games and Blake and I also play. Uh, we play a lot of Call of Duty Warzone, like a lot. And uh, we're constantly getting into it because Blake has tendencies to leave me out to dry. And uh, situations where I need a teammate, you know, I- I'm, not, I'm not always happy about that. So these are the words of Aiden, okay? He said that he heard not only himself, but Miguel Berry are on another level of Rocket League than you are and that you're an awful player. Excuse me, awful team player. Can you weigh in on this for a bit? Uh, weigh in on this for a bit for us. It's just really a childish debate, you know. It's like when you have two children, it's tough to manage both. So it's just <laughs> obviously they know I'm a better player. Sometimes it's just you know it's skill level. So like I'm going for shots that sometimes they're not getting. So it's like I am all over the place. They know I'm all over the place, but at the same time, like there's like a balance. They just need to realize that sometimes I just gotta go and do my thing, you know, go and just like go and get those high balls, you know, go and make aerials you know just stuff like that and just like sometimes they just I don't know they, they don't like it but I understand like they need the ball too sometimes but no it's it's just good fun it's really fun, yeah. it's fun. anything that you want to say to them here now, now that, that, that Aiden's put it out there um first of all I did not know he put that out there I, he didn't tell me I, I had no clue um and second just <laughs> Keep practicing, like they You guys aren't good enough. Just keep you came up, Aiden. Yeah. yeah. Now Blake had hit Blake had hit um, Aiden up because he's been on the podcast with us prior, and uh, he hit him up and asked him if there was anything fun to to ask you while you had a, a chance to be on the pod. So that's what he brought up. So uh, we thought we'd ask you. <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike D, I, I got a question before we go any further. What's the most kills you've had in the game of Warzone before? Oh my God! Here we go. I've had fourteen kills, Blake. 
And what's my highest? 15. Oof. That's good. That's good stuff right there. I like you bringing Have it you up. played? Have you played Warzone? I don't play that much. No. no. Okay. I, I stick right. to Rocket League. Yeah. yeah. Blake Blake hides in a corner a lot, so <laughs> he's bound to catch the the people running by. So I get it. It's cool though. We'll we'll, we'll leave that here. But uh, one more one more fan question uh, that we got from Twitter before before we move on, change it up the topic a little bit. Georgia Kelly and a lot of other women around Austin want to know: Is Sebastian Burhalter single? Uh, I'm not single. No, I do have a girlfriend. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Georgia Kelly, there you go. You got your answer. Ladies, Seabass is taken. Do people call you Seabass? Uh, I mean, yeah, in Columbus. Seba? Yeah, Seba, okay. Seabass, a little bit of both. All right, cool. Uh-huh. All right, ladies of Austin and Columbus, you heard it here first. My man is taken. Stay off. All right, and that's on behalf of Santa's girlfriend. Yeah. All right, but let's get into the heavier stuff. You know, we said that this was a, an emotional weekend for these two clubs, but let's, let's start with your parent club, Columbus Crew. Mm-hmm. In front of 20,000-plus fans, the Columbus crew said goodbye to Historic Crew Stadium on Saturday night. You grew up in the Crew Academy. You went to games while your dad was the head coach. You won an MLS Cup in your rookie season with the crew. You were forever connected to the city, the club, the fans, and the stadium. When you look back on your time spent at that stadium, how does its closing make you feel, and do you have any favorite memories you would be willing to share? I mean, yeah, it obviously makes me sad, you know, just, just going to that stadium for seven plus years of my life, you know, like it's almost my, my whole teenage years and just growing up in that atmosphere with those fans. Um, it's a great stadium, you know, this is the first and it's, it's just something special. And it's like, it's, um, I think outsiders wouldn't really understand like how, how important it is and how special it is just for Columbus, but also just the game of soccer, you know, in, in the United States. Um, special memories, just, I mean, Every every game after every win, just going on the field and kicking the ball around with with the wolves, uh, little wolf kids running around. And man, it would be every game. It was it was so fun. Um, just like being able to go on the field as a kid. Not a lot of the kids are um, allowed to do that. So just just doing that and like like almost feeling like you're a player, you know. And then at the same time, like seven years later, so when I first got there, just then making that that leap was was so special to me. And, and be able to play that stadium, um, it's it was a dream come true. How special of a moment was it for you to be able to win MLS Cup? No, it was, I mean, in my rookie year, that's close to like not a lot of people do that. So super special. Um, and the group of guys was amazing too. So it was such a cool. And then for Aiden in that moment with him was just so cool. And like being being one of his best friends and having his back the whole year, um, seeing what he did in the finals was, was, was amazing. Absolutely. Sure so was, you, you and I aren't so different. Sebastian I was at that final I flew in from Virginia to watch that historic 3-0 victory over the Seattle Sounders you were also there obviously we both witnessed together our last wise men say at historic crew stadium okay so I know I know that moment was special to you but when you look back on this past weekend the last game at historic crew stadium how special was that when you went back and watched the highlights on Twitter of the sold out Nordeca screaming wise men say yeah i was i watched the whole video um i think i think i saw it instagram twitter but um oh, it was amazing it was just something like i wanted to do one one last time you know just doing that in that stadium it was something i kind of wanted to do um but just seeing how how much of my seeing josh too seeing josh emotional i know all the stuff he's been through and you know he we're good buddies and just everything with he was there all the time to save the crew and then he left but for the most part he was there and it was just 
I don't know, just a really cool moment just to see all the fans. Packed house, too. You don't see that too often, but having a packed house was, was really cool, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy. I mean, I just got chills. Like, you know, I know Blake gets really emotional about it because he's, he's diehard crew to, to the end. And, you know, as you are, I can imagine. So um, it's amazing to hear the, the insight that you guys bring because I was made a crew fan because of Blake. Um, so I don't, I don't quite have the history that you guys do. Yeah. But after eight weeks of away games, we're going to switch up here and talk about Austin a little bit. Mm-hmm. The anticipation, you know, of playing away, the legend came home. Uh-huh. Q2 Stadium played home to its inaugural Austin FC match, and the atmosphere was absolutely electric. From Minister of Culture Matthew McConaughey beating the drum and leading the Listos Verde chant, the unbelievable TIFO to the ongoing chants coming from Los Verdes and Austin Anthem. It was a hell of an introduction to Q2 Stadium. Describe what the atmosphere was like from a player's perspective. Yeah, honestly, close to surreal, just being there for like five months and, and all the away games and just the travel and like not having our fans, like seeing them but not having them. Um, having that moment with them was was so cool. And the atmosphere was was amazing it's just it was just like it felt like it was like contagious almost you know like someone starts something and everyone just is like super like pumped up about it like let's go and like everyone starts clapping and then just the whole stadium erupts um I know like people were using their flashlights too that were going around the stadium that was pretty cool it just it was just a cool thing to be a part of and that's that doesn't happen a lot where you can be playing the first game of of a new team you know like there's not that doesn't happen too much so just being being there was super special yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, the electricity, especially with, you know, the pandemic and everything. Like, now we're starting to see, you know, things get a little bit back to normal. So, the opening of that stadium and, and everything was just in, insanity. But we, we interviewed um, Jorge Chavez of the Austin Anthem podcast, um, and he wants to know if the atmosphere at the first game was what the team expected or, or did it exceed expectations? No, it, ex- it exceeded expectations for sure. It was also the biggest crowd I ever played in front of just because of COVID and everything. So, like, being seeing a packed house for the first time and playing in it was something different. Like, it's I can't even shout to my teammate, like, five yards away. You know, they can't even hear me, which, which was so cool. And it, it just blew blew everything out of the water. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, from a fan's perspective, it was absolutely crazy to watch. Like, that's what we're used to seeing at Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta pre-pandemic. And and now we're seeing that in the first game at Q2 Stadium. And everything I've seen from Austin Anthem and Los Verdes, the two supporters groups, suggests that that's going to continue. It's damn near a concert in there for 90 minutes. No, you're, you're totally right. You can barely hear. Like, I can barely talk to like, guys in the back. I can't even talk to them on the bench. You know, that's crazy. Um but yeah, just how how also how those two groups came together and just made it like a fun atmosphere for everyone, like all ages. Everyone was there, and from little kids to to older people, it was it was so fun to be part of. I was blinded by the Verde, but <laughs> but you get your next home game is against your quote unquote rivals on June twenty seventh, the day before my birthday. Your mm-hmm. parent club and defending MLS Cup champions Columbus Crew traveled to Q two Stadium for the first time ever. In your interview with the Verde View podcast, you confirmed there was some hate between the two fan bases, obviously. We as crew fans and fans of the league have some distaste for Anthony Precourt, but not necessarily for the team and city itself. 
But then we hop on Austin FC Twitter today and see the Screw the Crew t-shirts being sold. So we got to ask, Sebastian, because you have a very unique perspective. Does Crew versus Austin feel like a legit rivalry? I mean, I think we all know there's, there's no doubt, right? Like, it's – there's – no matter what, like it just, it's the way it happened. You know, there always is going to be little, little angst between the two teams. So I, I, I'm not going to lie and say that there's not, and that it's not a rivalry. Like it's not going to be a rivalry game. It's not going to be one of the biggest games of season for both, both of the clubs. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited. So does the rest of the team feel that way as well? That's a good question. I mean, I think, Maybe from the outside they do. I don't know if like they have personal things, but like from the outside, maybe they can see everything. Um, I think obviously the Columbus guys know that it's a it's a big game just because we used to play there and, and stuff. But um, I, I think a little bit, not nothing like crazy, nothing like we need to win this game. You know, it's it's just another game. Honestly, it's three points, just like every other game. So, yeah. What about Josh? Josh, <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't talked to him too recently. Um, I would assume maybe for Josh, you'd have a little extra going into that going into this game. Right. Um, but we're gonna have a little extra too, so it should be of course. Fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see. And to confirm, Sebastian, because you're on loan from the Columbus Crew, you cannot play in that game, correct? Oh, I can. I can. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, what is the rule on that? I know Liam Frazier just came over to the Crew from Toronto FC, and he wasn't allowed to play in the game against the crew uh it just has to be in, in the like i think deal is something that they need to put it in and i don't think it was in mine so yeah gotcha cool very good insight did not know that yeah all right so listeners we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsors at a time outfitters stick around because after the break we are going to discuss sebastian's young career his coaching mindset and his soccer aspirations we'll be back in 60 seconds We all love the beautiful game. We spend countless hours watching, tweeting, discussing, playing, and talking about the sport. And we all have our favorite memories when our teams made history. Moments like Liverpool's miracle in Istanbul or Celtics 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barca side ever. Those moments that keep us coming back for more. But what if you could carry those moments with you all the time? At a Time Outfitters creates soccer-inspired wristbands to let you wear those memories on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives supporters of the beautiful game a unique way to rep their favorite team in any setting. With wristbands for your favorite teams from across Europe, the USA, and beyond, each added time design incorporates a 90-minute story from that famous match. Check out all 24 of Added Time Outfitters' current designs on the web at www.addedtime.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Added Time Outfitters. Welcome back to MLS Gone Wild featuring Columbus Crew and Austin FC midfielder Sebastian Burhalter. Head over to AdditimeOutfitters.com for all your soccer-inspired wristbands and apparel. Use code GONEWILD, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. So a lot has happened in the last two and a half years of your young career, Sebastian. You played one season for North Carolina Tar Heels, signed a homegrown contract for the crew, worked through the pandemic and shutdown of the league, won MLS Cup after the restart, and were loaned out to Austin FC three months later. So talk to us about how you've been able to navigate all of these changes in your young career and, and how you're adapting. Yeah, um, I think it's just 
for me, it's always just been one day at a time, you know, taking it one day at a time and just kind of doing the same thing I always do. You know, it's not, nothing's changed between those two and a half years. You know, I've still been putting the same amount of work, you know, trying to learn as much as I can. It's, it's nothing has changed, you know, from college to where I'm at now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a good ride so far, you know, and, and just the experience, the things I've experienced, I feel really lucky. And to be a part of the teams I've been a part of, I feel really lucky. So like with all those rapid changes and constant change of scenery, you know, teams, coaches, things like that, <clears throat> what's been like the biggest thing that you've learned and, and how to navigate those things? Um, I think one thing is that the people who love you is, are important. You know, the people that care for you, that they'll always have your back and, and you can always go to them for anything. And that's, it's nice to have like the support system, you know, and having that support system is, is super important because, if I ever need something, if I need, if I need to talk to someone, if someone need to rely on, I can always go to them. And they've, my, my family, friends, they've helped me so much throughout this journey. And I think that's something that's kind of carried me through these two and a half years. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. You're really, that's, go ahead. Now we're, we'll get into the, the family aspect of things here shortly, but Sebastian, let's take it back to when you signed your, your homegrown contract in early 2020. In an interview with the cruise technical director, Pat Onstat, he said, you have a, end quote, coaching mindset. What exactly does he mean by this in terms of your abilities on the pitch? Um, I think it's just being able to see the game, you know, seeing where I need to be and then also trying to help my teammates to see where they need, they need to be. You know, I, like, I love the game and I love studying the game. So I'm, I'm a student of the game. Um, so just kind of – seeing and knowing where, where people are and, and also just helping with little things, little details with other players and stuff like that. Just, just trying to help everyone. And, and also at my, at the same time, focusing on myself too, and just making sure I got all my, my shit down. Right. So you talk <laughs> right. Right. But before we get it, before we get into triple G, Mike D, you said some things in there. You know, you seem like you're pretty mature for a 21-year-old navigating your second season as an MLS pro. You've had the opportunity to play under guys like Artur and Darlington Nagby with the crew, and now you're under Alex Ring. How much have you taken from those guys that has led to those kind of, you know, coaching mentalities on top of what your dad has, you know, given you? Yeah, they all – I think they all provide a different thing. You know, they all, like, whether it's on the field, off the field, they they both provide – they or all three of them provide different ways of, of helping me and different ways to help me, you know. And I'm so lucky those are three of the best midfielders in the league right now. So, um, yeah, they've all just had different ways of influencing my career. And, I'm, and I feel super lucky that I've been a part of those teams, you know. And just not even them, just also people around them, like, just like Josh is a great example. He's always been there. You know, he's always been someone that not even me, just young players in general, who's been helping with young players and, and the, both teams have been on like they're the people on the, the people on the team have, have been great. Right. So as I was alluding to a, a moment ago, I'm sure some of that mindset um, to see the game a little bit differently has something to do with your father, uh, Greg Berhalter, who is the current coach of the U S men's national team. What is your relationship like with your father? Is it all soccer? Are you guys best buds? Like, what else goes on? I mean, he's my dad, you know. He's just – everyone thinks it's all oh, it's always soccer. No, he's my dad, you know. Like, I, I can talk to him about anything. And if I want to talk about – it's not it's not soccer. Most of the time it's not soccer. But if I if I want to talk about it or we want to talk about something, yeah, of course. Um, and it's – I feel lucky to have someone like him to talk to, you know, about my game, about – what I think about certain things, you know, like not a lot of kids have that chance to talk to someone like that. So no, I feel super lucky. And then at the same time, it's just, we're best buds, you know, like we're just, he's my, he's my dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like when you you get to spend some time together and obviously you know the soccer is, is turned off for a bit what's something that you guys like to do together uh, golf we go golfing who's um, and then what would you say who's better uh, my dad's better right now but i'm getting there i'm getting there don't worry yeah uh, i have beat him though and he didn't love that um golf i mean just I know just like just spending time, you know, like I, we don't, you know, he's busy. I'm busy I'm with the season and everything. So just being like, even just all with the family, you know, being, being at home with the family. And then when they come here, it's nice. All right. You made your MLS debut in front of him down in Orlando and you just made your, you know, your first appearance at Q2 stadium in Austin. And your dad was there for that as well. How special are those moments to be able to share those moments with him? Yeah, no, I like I just can't say how lucky I am like to have a dad that's at the MLS's back tournament, you know, watching the games, like not a lot of dads were there, you know, so that was really cool. And then just being able to talk to him after the game then, just make my debut and like how he can put everything in perspective and just like say, keep going, you know, he did well, keep going. Um, and then at Q2, it's just, just cool for him to just to see like where I'm at and just what's going on within the city you know he hasn't been here in a while so and also to Austin in a while so just like having him be there and, and see everything and, and what the club is doing and stuff like that was, was cool yeah so the inaugural game at Q2 was Saturday Father's Day was Sunday what'd mm -hmm. you get him for Father's Day <laughs> I got him uh, <laughs> a water bottle I got him a um a bike to go on his bike you know he's a big biker so I got it yeah so just a, a water bottle I didn't have a, a good one so I got him Hey man, that's a good functional gift. He likes to ride the bike. Guy needs guy needs a water bottle to go with it. Totally. But just to stay on the stay on the topic of your dad, real quick, and we're gonna get off of it. But I I saw the picture of your dad after the Nations League win with the Travis Scott sixes on. Does he get his style from you, or is it the other way around? Um. So I, okay, this is how I'm gonna put it because we go we go back and forth on it too. So like he <laughs> obviously he's had shoes forever. Like he's always been a shoe guy. Like from when he played, he has a bunch of shoes. He's always been a shoe guy. And then I, I started getting into shoes probably a couple of years ago, probably two, three years ago. And then it's kind of like, I kind of a little bit keep him up on like what the new shoes are and what, like what to wear and what not to wear, whatever. Um, so then I, I've gotten really big into it, but now he's just starting to leapfrog me. Now he's just getting all these shoes. I'm just like, God, like I, I can't compete with this. So, you know, he's, he's really taking it to the next level, but I think we kind of both work together to get to a certain level. And then he's just, he's gone. Yeah. We both love shoes. So I can tell you that. Showing that big dad energy over there. Uh, so, in your, in your dad's time as head coach of the crew, Josh Wolf uh, was his assistant, of course, for four years. So, obviously, you talked about um, knowing him very well. You guys are uh, pretty close. Fast forward a couple years, and now he's your head coach in Austin. Talk about things going full circle. You know, from a personal and tactical point of view, has have, having Josh in Austin as your coach made the transition to your new club easier? Uh, I mean, it, it has. You know, I, I had a relationship – with him um previously so of course it has you know he's and their family that's has been great too you know i know their kids really well so it, it has and and he's helped a lot you know and he's just also just tactically too like just learning different things you know you go to a new environment you learn new things usually so just learning those new things and taking it all in it, it's it's been good nice right, so we had um also another person from the nordeca on the podcast in, in a previous episode ty phillips and he wanted to know uh, a little insight about Josh Wolf's coaching philosophy. I mean, it's 
like you mean as far as like how we play or like what like it's what do you mean yeah like what's his what's his approach to the game and, and to his tactics yeah he's very methodical you know he he thinks everything out and it's it's nice to see you know it's nice to have the coach where it's like helping you the little things you know as far as like body shape turning always facing the right way just stuff like that it's it's it helps a lot and he um no it's it's good and yeah just it's details you know it's like it's everyone everyone it's a game with 11 guys you know like 11 guys on one side 11 guys on the other side you know so it's just always like how the coach wants to fine-tune those details so like he's just really detail oriented and I think for us players it makes it easier to do to do our jobs and knowing our roles at all times of course what detail of your game since you've been with Austin FC have you tried to fine-tune the most or improve upon the most yeah I would say for me positioning for me like as far as well it's I mean right now we're playing a 4-3-3 so I'm kind of like a lone six instead of like a, a rotating six kind of a, how I was calling this but positioning you know and also just seeing the game like where I can be where the spaces are you know it's not as much as like just running or like how I kind of used to just running get the ball you know it's not it's not like that it's just more like little angles you know little checking off backpedaling to to get it to break the line you know um taking a touch and then before I'm taking the touch checking my shoulder you know like looking instead of checking my shoulder like where my opponents are looking where my teammates are you know just like stuff like that 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 um yeah that's been really nice and he's helped me a lot with that and also the coaching staff too that they're, they're a lot. Yeah. As a lone six, I can't, I can't say how important that is. I was a six growing up. Yeah. Mike D played a little bit of the six growing up. So, so we feel that I absolutely appreciate the position. And as you're saying that, I think back to a pass Mike D played to me yesterday, he screamed man on to me. I told you we were playing an indoor game. He said, man on, didn't check my shoulder. Didn't know which way he was coming from. Went right into him. Got yeah. absolutely bodied. So yeah, you got to check your shoulder. Yeah. That's but, a good show, Mike D way to help him out though. Seriously. That's, that's a, usually you don't really say anything. That's, yeah. that's yeah. We got we got chemistry. We've been playing a long time together. So, but <laughs> they uh, trust you enough. That's yeah, all. It is. Maybe I I I think honestly now that I I look back, I think I probably could have said man on a second earlier. It might have might have been a little too late, but I'll, I'll take go. credit for it. We're solving things. There we go. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Right. All right. So we're we're talking about the six position with Josh Wolves four three three. Alex Ring acts as the starting six in the midfield. Through nine matches, you've totaled just one hundred and one minutes. Sebastian, what do you need to do to earn more valuable minutes during your loan spell with Austin FC? And have you had conversations with the coaching staff about your role increasing throughout the rest of this congested season? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just taking it one day at a time and just staying patient. You know, I know I'm going to have time to start. I know I'm going to have a chance. So just taking it one day at a time. And, it, and it's been good so far. And learning from Alex, I still can learn a lot more from him. He's played in Europe. He's played in the Bundesliga, a big team. So he's a really good guy to work under. And um, I want to keep pushing him too. I don't want to just be like, oh, like I'm okay with not starting. I want to start every game, you know? So it's, that's just the mindset that I, that I have. And it's, it's been good, you know? So it's just keep performing and keep playing well. And, and that's all I can do. And then from, from, the, from there, it's a coach decision. Love yeah, that see. mentality. Love that mentality. Keep, you know, yeah, I want to learn from him too, but hey, I'm, I'm not gonna make it easy for him. <laughs> so, uh, winning as an expansion team is never easy, but you guys have found yourselves with nine points through nine games. What's the team's expectations for the rest of the season? We want to make the playoffs. I think, I think Josh said that really early on. Um, that's a goal of ours. We have, we have the quality. I think we can do it. And it's just a matter of putting everything together, you know, right? I mean, nine points, eight points in eight away games is, is good, you know, and not a lot of teams that that's a solid record. If you can get one point from every away game, we're looking pretty good. So just, 
I think just keep going. You know, we have a big stretch of home games now coming up after this thing, four home games, something like that in a row. Um, we want to make the playoffs. So it's, we're going to give everything we got towards that. It's quite impressive. It definitely is quite impressive to, to have the record you guys have had away from home, especially as difficult it is to play away from home. Obviously didn't have a home yet, but you know, it, it's still not always, it's, it's never easy to play away from home. You talk about away games. You got an away game coming up tomorrow. What are the keys to the match for playing against Minnesota United FC? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're a physical team. They they like to usually kick it longer, and we're gonna have to win second balls. That I know that for a fact in the midfield, um, everywhere, and then just runs in behind. You know, switching the point of attack, um, and runs in behind, and that's important. And that's something we've been working on the whole year. Is when when the midfielder gets the ball, when Sandberg gets the ball, looking to run in behind. You know, and, and just timing those runs, and we can hurt them. We have we have speed up top, and and their center backs have decent pace, but they aren't faster than our guys. So. We'll see. It should be fun. And you have a little bit of experience guarding the Bello Reynoso, am I correct? In yeah. your time with Columbus? Yep, yep, yep. He's easy how, to go <laughs> I was going to ask how good. No, he's, I mean, he's, his left foot is unreal. He literally only goes his left foot, but his left foot is, is really good. <laughs> it's, it's, he's a good player. He's a really smart player. And it's fun to play against players like that. You know, it's fun to challenge yourself and, and say, you know what, why not? Why can't I defend him? Why can't I win the ball from him? So it's, it's, it's good to play against players like that. That quality. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And so with this congested schedule, you guys played, this will be your third game and I believe eight days and you got Columbus again. Is mm-hmm. there any chance of you uh, starting in either of those games? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it should, whether or not I start, I'm just going to help the team as much as I can, you know, and not, uh, not on the field, but also off the field too, you know, helping them just getting everyone ready and getting all pumped up. Um, so we'll see, you know, if I could play in those games, it'd be great. And of course I want to play in every game there is. So we'll see. Man, you got a good mindset for a 20 year old, man. I commend you for that. But let's get into your career aspirations. All right. You've played for the U16 U.S. men's national team and are continuing to grow as a player on the club level as well. What are your goals and aspirations for your career for both club and country? Yeah. Well, I mean, one, I want to just work hard and become the best player that I can be. You know, that's all I can do is becoming the best player that I can be. So doing that, then I want to play, obviously, who doesn't, what kid doesn't want to play for the national team right now, right? They're, they're doing well. There's everyone's playing abroad. It's, it's really cool to see. So of course I want to play the national team. And then for the club level, I want to play at the highest level too. So playing in Europe's top five leagues, I've, I've lived in Europe, you know, and I've, I've been around that um, environment, which is not a lot of kids in that either, which is, is super cool. And, and, having that experience of like, okay, like I can live abroad. Like I've, I've lived abroad before I, I can handle my own like languages. Like I can learn a lot, you know, I'm just not scared of that idea of, of going to Europe and living by myself. So yeah, going to Europe and just seeing, seeing where I can go and where the game would take me. So you said something about languages. I think that you speak three of them, correct? Um, so, I mean, I speak German, Swedish, but they're both faded out a little bit, but yeah, like I can, I mean, if you gave me time, I could I could get those back pretty quickly. But yeah, you got anything for us for either of them? I mean, what I I can just say like in Swedish, I'll say hey, what to do? Just like hey, how you doing? <laughs> Nothing crazy, yeah. You sing us here, hey there, Delilah, in, in Swedish. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I cannot do that. I think like maybe, but no, I can't do that in Swedish. <laughs> but yeah, well, we got like, more questions. Okay, I, I got a fun one. Sebastian, I'm going to put you on the spot here. It just came to my mind. We were talking about the national team. Sebastian, 
if you had to put together the best 11 right now for the U.S. men's national team, I know you're close with your dad. Who are you putting out there and you're starting on the ladder? Um, it's a tough one. You know, I think it's, it's just there's, there's so many quality players at every position. I think you have some – I mean, Horvath has been great too, so I can't even say Zach like 100%. You know, Zach, Zach's been – Zach's obviously playing in Man City though. Um, I mean, I can't even think. I, I don't – it depends how the team plays, you know. It's like they change it up for, for every occasion, you know. If, if Destiny's playing to the right because their left back is, is – goes higher so he can get behind them, you know. It just depends. Or he plays on the left, you know. There's just so many different variables. But um, I think – I think I, can't, I couldn't give you a lineup, honestly. I don't, I don't even want to do that. I, I, there's too many tough decisions, honestly. I know Gio's my boy. Gio Ray is my boy. So, he's, he's got to be in there somewhere. But, yeah. So, Gio's getting a start. We got yeah, one. For Ten sure. more to go. <laughs> I won't ask you to do 10 more, but I do have a question. It's a hot topic across U.S. Men's National Team Twitter and discussions. Who is the backup six to Tyler Adams? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, Jackson Newell's a great player, you know, he, and he's been to so many camps. I think he's, he's been to almost every camp, you know, with domestic and then now with the Euro players. So he's he's a great player. And, and to see him, an MLS player, kind of going in there, Kellen Acosta did um, amazing job too in, in the um, nations league uh, that was that was such a cool performance by him just a gutsy performance you know went out there and just left it all on the field just it was yeah that was really cool to see honestly i was super proud of of him and 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 how we managed that game and then going to left back that's not that's not easy to play six and then go to left back and defend the, uh lana so <laughs> that's tough um but i don't know i think there, there's some there's a lot of young guys too that are coming up um i think tanner testman's a good one he's a great player there's a lot of young guys just around the league that are that play six and that are looking to make their impact. So I, I don't think someone's really made that jump yet, but I think coming in the next couple of years, totally we'll, we'll see someone emerge. It's going to be difficult. Like you said, there's a lot of guys and, and yeah. anybody at any given moment could pop. Mm -hmm, totally. Including you, Sebastian, we got the 2026 world cup in <laughs> North America in 2026. I mean, do you think it's possible for you to, to make a jump up in there and like, yeah, is not? that is that a reality of yours oh yeah why not you know why not that's always been a dream I've always said that since I was a kid the 2026 world cup I've always said that so why not you know I'm gonna give it everything I have and and just keep taking it day by day oh yeah kid we're rooting for you man thank you I appreciate you I, I appreciate that thank you I do have one last little fun question so I I seen the I think it was the Verde View podcast that you're on and um even in our podcast here I keep getting flashes of the ring on your finger <laughs> tell us a little bit about that or is there any significance to that or yeah it's an aura ring it basically just like tracks your sleep um okay. tracks your REM deep sleep yeah it's not a fashion statement at all it's it's a, uh it's just like tracks uh like movement uh steps stuff like that no fashion with sebastian no fashion with sebastian <laughs> i don't think that caught on unfortunately but yeah uh, it's catchy though they, they were on to something there it was they did a good job with that <laughs> Well, we won't All keep right. you. It's it's seven thirty six our times. I think six thirty six your time. Um, before I let Blake close us out, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we had a flight today, game tomorrow, short time. So we appreciate you. Best of luck in your two games coming up. Thank you. We'll definitely be watching. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. Absolutely, Sebastian. Best of luck in your two upcoming matches. It's been great to have you on, and we'll be watching. We'll be cheering for you in the future, man. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you in a USMNT jersey in 2026. I'll give it my all. You can have my word. I'll give it my all. <laughs>
Listeners, thank you for tuning into MLS Gone Wild Season 3, Episode 13, featuring Sebastian Berhalter. Big double game week ahead across MLS. Awesome play away at Minnesota United on Wednesday and then at home against the crew this Sunday. Enjoy all the action. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Thank you.